When you rely on the Internet for everything, you need speed that can handle anything. Xfinity delivers Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Gig Wi-Fi requires gig speed and compatible X-Fi gateway. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. As usual, we have a great guest, uh, Patrick Carlin. He's gonna, he's a, a Catholic activist, but beforehand, you know, we have a lot to talk about. And the first thing that I want to talk about to everybody, folks, please go out there and vote. Go out there and vote. We expect a landslide. I continue to talk about it. I want to preach it. I want everybody to hear it. I want everybody to be happy about it. I want everybody to be bold about it. I want everybody to start feeling it. I want everybody to make it happen. Because it will happen when we create the realization of reality. So folks... It's there for us to have. Most people already are feeling it within their soul that we need a change. People feel this within their souls that we need a change. And that change is definitely, it's up to you. But if we start to vote the way we say we feel, landslide. And that's what I I genuinely, I honestly expect that what we will be having Come November 3rd. And notice I didn't say after all the votes are counted. Come November 3rd, we are going to see that this mobilization that we're seeing of Americans from early voting, in-person voting, all of this. We're going to see people throw their hands up in the air and they're going to say, my God, we are finally getting out of our fog. Welcome aboard, Michael Rudnan. Hand is fine. Time to start getting back to looking through the notifications I miss, but FB only lets me go back 16 hours when I need 72. Still have a sore throat and intermittent cough persistent for four weeks now. ENT docs appointment delayed until Friday due to CT scan and lab work not arriving on time. Isn't that supposed to be private health care? Isn't, I mean, isn't, uh, Mr. Rudnan, was that the government doing that? mishap to you or was that private healthcare uh, uh, you know by the way folks as far you know I don't really care private government I think they're all the same because it's the same people if you care if you want to be a good doctor whether you're working for the government or for private enterprise giving your profit to somebody else same thing right anyhow so British MCP Justice Brett Kavanaugh on Monday night set the battle lines for how the Supreme Court should consider post-election lawsuits that could determine the outcome of the presidential race. Uh, Bridge MCP, it is, that is only true if we have a close election, right? It is only true if we have a close election where they can manipulate what votes are counted, what votes are, what, what mail-in votes are valid, all that kind of stuff. That's why I've been advising everybody. Voter suppression is in high gear. But what overwhelms the 2 to 3% voter suppression is a 10, 20% increase in voter turnout. And if you see that the young people are voting five times as much as they were in 2016, 
brothers and sisters, we are going to have a good night on Tuesday. Believe it. If you have a fear, take off your telephone and call somebody who you're not sure who voted and call people to vote. If you can't do that, find a local party around your place and ask them about phone banking. There's a lot of phone banking, and you don't only have to phone bank for your state, but throughout the country. There's a lot you can do. Take away that nervous energy. I want to just tell all of you, personally, I am not nervous at all. I mean, I have a lot of friends called Egberto, you still think there is a landslide coming? Yeah. Yeah. Aren't you nervous? No. Not at all. 2016 was not the aberration most people believed it was. Please, people, my brothers and sisters. Uh, 2016 played right within the, the Poland uh, era. All of that was there. We have this fear that, it, that, can be, that can keep us frozen. Let's not go there. We don't need to be fearful. We need to go out there and execute. We will win in a landslide. We will win big because most Americans know exactly the charlatan that's killing them now. And do you think they really are going to want this guy taking care of grandma and anybody else? No, they won't. So please, 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 no fear. Just do, let's all do the work we need to do. And that's all we need to do, to do the work we need to do. If we do that work, we will win. Anyhow, let's go ahead and get started with the show. Let me see first. Marianne Castiglia. Como esta? How you doing, my friend? Don't worry about it. Don't be scared. We're going to do it. Michael Rudnan, that is what we're up against, and that's just short-term damage upon taking the judicial... Oh, right. I, I'm not going to read that entire thing. It's a whole lot of stuff that you have there, Rudnan, but let me just tell you what. We must talk about adding people to the court. There's no other way. It was stolen, and we need to go ahead. And there's no more. There's no more softball to play. Okay, no more softball playing. We understand that these guys do not understand anything other than hardball. They would do things assuming that we will be soft. We're going to take control and say, "Okay, we're going to follow the standards of the the, the Senate, and we're going to follow the rules of the Senate and how the." Oh no, we're gonna. If the, the only thing that you're due to follow is the Constitution. Nothing else. The Constitution. Nothing else. Nothing else. Egberto, what happens if it does come down to the court? Then what? Let me tell you something. There's a landslide coming, Breach. And if the court tries to take that away, at that point, I am sorry. The kind of... The kind of... What's the word that I want to use? Uh, I don't want to use the, the, the kind of not the, the people are going to there's going to be an insurrection if that occurs, because there is just so much people who win will tolerate not winning. It is bad enough that the Constitution has an aberration where the winner can lose. That's, an, that's a constitutional aberration. It, it, that's bad enough. But for it to be taken away otherwise, I can tell you something. If that occurs, 
uh, the kind of incivility that will occur, the kind of, uh, what is that word that I want to use? Uh, not riots, but there, there is going to be a whole lot of stuff happens if that were ever to occur. So I don't think, I don't even think the Congress is going to want to go there. So I think they'll kind of put some plugs on if that were to occur. Any, anyway, let's go ahead and get to the program. Let's get to the program. Let's get to the program. Let's vamos a comenzar. Title of the show today is Patrick Carolyn, Voting Hope versus Hate. Trump Imaginary World, Right Wing Dialogue, Mainstream Media Awake. No, I don't think it's going to be a cool, no, no cool breach. I don't think so. I think we'll be way out before that. But the Democrats allowed Bush v. Gore without a fight. Uh, yeah, that was the old-time Democrats. I think now uh, we have a new kind of Democrats, the young ones, the ones that take no bull, the ones that go on the street, and the only way they got off of the street was a deal that they made that said we'll keep things low, Let go ahead and let things occur, but it starts November 4th. Okay. Patrick Carlin defines election 2020. So the, the, the things that we're going to be showing today are, are, are as follows. Uh, Trump's former spokesperson, Scaramucci, said the money people are running away from Trump and betting on Biden. And that's the other thing. The corporatocracy can see where things are going. And they understand that this guy is over his head with a pandemic, and a pandemic hurts them as well. Uh, mainstream media are finally reporting the polls as opposed to some Trump magical opportunity to come back. No magical opportunity for Trump to come back here, people. Dave Wasserman from Cook's Political Report has some bad news for Donald Trump. While Trump brags that we are turning the corner, COVID-19 is at its worst ever. People can see that as well. Do you think they're going to vote for the guy who continues to allow COVID to kill more and more every day? Where we turn into a morass of disease? I don't think so. Excerpt from my conversation with a right-wing social media personality, Tyler Bluntman. Uh, it's sort of a preamble to something that I'm going to talk to him about later. And Patrick Carlin explains why election 2020 is all about hope versus hatred. In a recent article he wrote, uh, USA, the election, the choice is simple, hope or hatred. Anyhow... Let's go ahead and get started with Scaramucci. Scaramucci, let's go. Uh, my colleagues over at CNBC reporting that Wall Street donors are keeping their distance from the cash-strapped Trump campaign in these final days. What are you hearing from your, your, your own Wall Street connections right now about their faith in this campaign? Well, listen, the adage following the money on Wall Street has always been true. The money's gone to Joe Biden almost five to one, Craig. Uh, I would say Wall Street executives are looking at the situation and want what the president was saying to those people in Allentown on Monday, which is a return to normalcy. The president's calling about a return to normal life. That's exactly what we want. Uh, we're seeking your removal so that we can end this disastrous situation that you've created for America. And the Wall Street executives know that Mr. Trump, the president, has made America sicker, weaker, and poorer as a result of his decision-making around the pandemic and some of the things that he's done with our strategic alliances around the world. So, you know, if you follow the money on Wall Street, he's going to lose decidedly on Tuesday. If you look at the predicted markets, you know my friends on Wall Street love trading 
uh, this sort of activity. Uh, and if you look at predicted markets, uh, it's two to one to, to the vice president. And usually when people are putting their money down, Craig, uh, that's that's I'm going with that more than the average polling, if you will. We absolutely so. So as you as you can see, Scaramucci is looking at the numbers. The numbers are saying, oh, we don't think that Trump can win. And therefore, let's let's put our money where our mouth is. So Trump cannot get any money from anywhere to run. And we know that he's really just a paper billionaire. It's really not a that that rich guy that's out there that can do which rich guy go, goes ahead and tries to label water with his name label meat with his name all these and substandard stuff to make a dollar here another dollar there that sounds like uh people like me who try to make a dollar selling a book make a dollar doing something else to keep up this activism well what is trump trying to keep up i don't know i have no idea he's not a rich man the rich man that he says he is lauren sims yes 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 Kamala, Kamala is coming to Houston, Texas. I am so happy about that. Okay, um, you know, so what I was trying to tell folks is one of the reasons people are so scared, right, is because the mainstream media is out there making it seem like somehow 2016 was an aberration. But also, they make it seem like polls are no longer scientific or polls are no longer accurate. While when we take a look at 2016, when we take a look at 2018, they've all fell within that margin of errors. So why should we discount them when he has all these big leads in these particular states? But you know what? They're starting to come around. They're starting to come around and I hope people start to get their morale up. Number one, those who are winning get their morale up and those who are, are have the false belief that somehow they can win, that, that we take those out. I mean, it's so important because what they're trying to do is drive you down. Check this out now with the mainstream media. Roughly 60 million votes have already been cast, and the president's chances of pulling off another upset victory appear to be dwindling. Just take a look at our new NBC News battleground map. Right now, even if the president runs the table on every one of the toss-up states, we'd still have Biden with a slim win. That should give you a sense of just how narrow of a path the president has to 270 electoral votes he needs for re-election, and he's got to flip some state that he hasn't led in in months. Yes, he pulled the rabbit out of the hat four years ago, but that was a time when we incorrectly made it a race, a referendum on Trump when it was a referendum on Hillary Clinton. This time, Biden is in a stronger position in local and national polls than Clinton was at this time in 2016, and the narrative of it being a referendum on Trump appears to be far more accurate. For example, Clinton's support in the national polling averages had actually dropped to just a few points with one week to go. Right now, Biden leads by eight. And the changes we've made to our NBC News battleground map don't signal much strength for Trump at the moment, with the obvious caveat that things could always change uh, in, in a moment's notice. But based on polling, our conversations with Democratic and Republican strategists, polling that we've seen privately but haven't been able to report publicly, We've moved Texas to the toss-up column from lean Republican, and we've moved Arizona to the toss-up column as well from lean Democrat. To be honest, if I could come up with a column in between lean and toss-up for Arizona and Texas, I'd put them in. They're in that sort of, in that range right now. They're going to be extraordinarily close, but the candidate leading, it's hard for me to envision them losing. Biden in Arizona, Trump in Texas, but we'll see. The president's schedule signals that his campaign knows the dire position they're in. Today and tomorrow, he's holding five rallies in places he won four years ago. He's not on offense anywhere, and he has to win again. But they're all leaning Biden right now. 
Michigan, Wisconsin, and Nebraska's 2nd Congressional District. Biden, on the other hand, is campaigning today in Georgia, which Democrats haven't won since Bill Clinton and the Ross Perot split helped him do it in 1992. Then he's going to hit Florida, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Michigan. So, folks, don't fall for it. I mean, when I saw this today, I'm like, mm, you guys are finally getting it. You guys are getting it. And then, of course, uh, it, it, he shows that. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. When your entire life is online, you need more than just speed from your internet. Xfinity gives you reliable in-home Wi-Fi coverage, plus protection from Wi-Fi network threats. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. It, Donald Trump has to win everything, absolutely every, everything that he's down, anywhere from 10 points all the way down to 2 points. The probability of that is next to ne- non-existent when you have so many votes already in. So, I mean, uh, let's not be scared. Let's just try to make it a landslide. Let's just make sure to go out there and vote and tell everybody that you know of that they need to go out there and vote. Anyway, let's look at the stats now. This is what's important. Like I said, we're all science people. Hey, Paul, welcome aboard, my brother. Uh, let's look at the stats. And Breach, if it's a tie, it goes to Congress. And then uh, I think each con- each state, I mean, we can't have a tie. Because at that point in Congress, I think it's each state gets a vote, uh, one vote. I don't think it's based on population, all of that. Like I said, this is not a democratic country. We have to come to that realization and stop telling. The rest of the world has to be laughing, right? We go ahead and we preach democracy all over, but yet somebody can lose an election here and still win, right? Come on now. We have a lot of changes that we need to do from constitutional amendments to uh, the way we handle the courts, all that good stuff. Anyhow, here is the the real stats where we're at today. A series of tweets by uh, Dave Dave Wasserman uh, of the Cook Political Report. And if you'll indulge indulge me, I want to put them up on the screen. He says, a few days out, the picture of this race is pretty clear. Biden's lead, 52 to 43, larger and more stable than Clinton's in 16. Far fewer undecided and third-party voters than in 16. District-level polls, which showed big problems for Clinton in 16, back up national and state polls. He says, if you're looking for a horse race narrative right now. You're not going to find it here. There was a time when it was easy to imagine this race getting much different or going much differently. Eight days out, it's much, much harder. I've seen almost enough. By the way, virtually none of this assessment has anything to do with early turnout data, which tells us next to nothing about the vote preferences of the final electorate. It's based on a body of polling data that's fundamentally different from 2016's polls. We spend a there lot you, of time. There you go. So remember that. Data. Data. Data matters. Okay. You know, while... Uh, and let, let's show you what Trump has devolved into. This pathetic person calling himself a president. Look at what he's doing. 
COVID, 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 COVID. By the way, on November 4th, you won't hear about yeah, it. Did you hear him the other night? Yeah. It's going to be a cold, dark winter. Very inspiring guy. Very, this is very inspiring. Whoa. I even said, whoa. Whoa. Now we got to have spirit. Come back a week from Election Day, and the coronavirus pandemic is the worst it's been in this country in terms of coronavirus cases, period. And the numbers are grim. We are now averaging more than 70,000 new coronavirus cases a day. Averaging. At least 44 states are seeing increasing cases. Remember, we only have 50 of them. And there's more than 40,000 Americans currently hospitalized from the virus. President- you know, we're coming back. We're rounding the turn. We're doing great. Our numbers are incredible. And despite the fact that they're keeping certain states, North Carolina, get your governor to open up. We spend a oh, lot. Oh, yes. Of- get your governor to open up the state. Let's kill more people because I really want. I mean, at this at, look, at this point, Donald Trump has to know that he's losing at this point. Donald Trump has to know that he's losing, which tells you something about him. It tells you that even with that, he's willing to kill people to get his last set of adoration. That is sad. That is completely sad. There's something that I, there's something that I downloaded. I'm going to try to see if I can get to play it here because uh, let, let's see if I can play that. Because what happens, I think I may have to stop it here. I want to show you how he lies, okay? And we all know that he lies, but this one is particularly heinous because this kind of a lie, I think, can cause uh, people to. It can call. This is the kind of lie that can cause revolutions, that sort of a thing. I'll, I'll show you what I mean and explain it what I mean in a minute. Here we go. Let me go ahead and bring this screen up here. I think I have it on. Uh, I want you to check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. Para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. I think I can do it now. Put it there. Check this out. But they're going to take you from Air Force One. I said, I got to walk it. I mean, these people are tough. They're from from Lansing. They're from Michigan. I got to walk it. I got to walk it. Don't give me the umbrella. I'm soaking wet already. But hello, Lansing. Hello, Michigan. This was... The scene of a great victory. Remember that? Four years ago, Donald Trump has won the state of Michigan. Oh, that was big. Hadn't been done in decades, but we're, I don't know if you saw the poll just came out. We're up three in Michigan. And I think we're up a lot more. You know, they give you the fake polls. I I think we're up a lot more. We're going to have a great red wave people that want to go out and vote vote they want to go out and they want to touch they want to vote it's a great red wave it's happening in florida we're up in florida up four up four you know i'm watching these guys the way they talk the poll oh they're down 25 in michigan i said no we're gonna win michigan no no, I kid when I say 25, but they, they put numbers. You know, they're called suppression, suppression balls. They make you, like, feel badly. So you say to your wife, you say to your husband, darling, let's go out to dinner, and then we'll come back. We love our president. But, you know, the polls say he can't win. Well, right now we're leading in almost everywhere. The real, we're leading almost everywhere. All right, so we were just- Now think about that. 
This guy goes out there and he tells everybody to their... I mean, and let, let me say why this is dangerous. A lot of these people, they, they look at CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, and all these other stations as just fake news. Remember, that's how, that's how fascists work. You discredit all the news outlets, right? You discredit all that they're doing. It does, they, they, don't disc, they discredit mainstream media blanket. I mean, it's not like how we in the independent media would say, okay, we use, the, we use all these good uh, mainstream media people that report accurately, etc., and we enhance a lot of what they say. We may do a little bit more research on what they're saying, etc., etc. We don't just blanket and say, all this media is terrible. But he, that's what those people believe. So if you go into, if you're in a right-wing area, you go into the doctor's office, you go into the, to, into the restaurant, you go into the, to the mechanic's shop, everywhere that you go, you see Fox News, and all this information is out there. So when he goes on a rally and he says, oh, you know, we are up in the polls, those people are, oh, wow, great, he's up in the polls. They don't know what's going to hit them on November 3rd. These people do not understand what's going to hit them. It's going to be rough what hits them on November 3rd. Because they're living in an alternate state of reality, believing what he says. And that is the real danger. Because there are times, you know, when when he says something like that, my first reaction was, oh, let me go see if there was a poll that had him up three in Michigan. And then I stopped. And I said, wait a minute. Look at my source. My source is Donald Trump. Why would I even waste my time to look it up? Not even a time wasting is worth looking it up. Anyhow, um, we're near the halfway point of the show. So let me go ahead and do what I normally do at the half point of the show, which is to tell you guys, hey, please support Politics done right the best you can. Uh, the, the be- you, you, we have that book out there called uh, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, uh, Friends, and Neighbors. You can get that book right now at Amazon.com, and I just put the link inside of our feed. You can also get that book directly at our store. Our, uh, our store is at politicsdoneright.com slash store. If you buy it from our store, of course, I can autograph it. You can also see our other books. Again, of course, there is It's Worth It. And if you want to learn about the economy and all that good stuff, here we go. As I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. And for those of you who know I've had my problems with weight, I kicked it with this. So there is a whole lot of, um, there is a whole lot that you can find there. Including, oh, by the way, I forgot to show you guys this. Guess what I got? I, I made a little change to the design, though, where, where, where we put it more at the center. But this is the older one. Check this out. Do you support independent media and the Politics Done Right logo? We have this on YouTube. So if you're on YouTube right now, you can actually see that, that, mask, that, uh, that mask on YouTube right here. If you're watching it on YouTube and, and pick that baby up if you will again you can purchase on youtube or or you can go ahead and go to our store etc 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 but other ways if you are not on youtube if you are on facebook right now you can actually uh, still join our facebook family by clicking on that link 
politicsunright.com slash YouTube. Again, that is politicsunright.com slash YouTube. If you're already on YouTube, click the join button and join, and I will salute you right here on air. Say, hey, thank you for becoming our latest new member. Click on that join button and become a member of Politics Done Right via, uh, via YouTube. Of course, we take PayPal. You can support us via PayPal. And here's a PayPal address, which is politicsunright.com slash PayPal. You can support us as well via Patreon, which is politicsunright.com slash Patreon. Politicsunright.com slash Patreon. Okay, enough of that. Let's go ahead and I interviewed. Remember yesterday I told you guys I had to leave real quick because I had an interview with a right-wing social media um, personality. And I'm going to give you a little snippet of it right now, and then uh, I'll play the whole interview sometime this week or early next week. I think I'll do it this week. But, uh, of course, for those of you who are uh, YouTube members, I'm going to put that interview on as soon as I process it tonight, and then we'll probably see the real the whole thing next week. But check it out. It was a, it was a pretty cool interview. But here's a little snippet from what we did. Here it goes. Hey, I appreciate I appreciate you and you're a lot of fun and that you you know come on a lot of a lot of guys like you they scared to death to uh... I didn't really know about your channel uh-huh. so um, when I saw your channel um, I didn't I don't know if you have like many conservative guests on I didn't I see do very many okay so do you my conservatives love to come do, in. okay so that's good they come look for you. <laughs> yeah you know I I think we got to talk you know do you do you get do you get called out a lot on Facebook hell yeah do you. You mean people? You mean yeah, back, people, yeah, people like people just giving and saying of things. Of course, like, okay. that's I, I. My my skin is so damn thick; it's probably that thick. Hey, you that's what, what I mean? it has to be that way, man. It has to yeah. be that way. So I mean, uh, so I mean, I enjoyed and the thing, but but and, and I, you know what I get hell for? Hmm. Talking to guys like you. What do you because mean? Because they they I'll come on my channel and we have these um guys that come in, real right wing guys, and I'll talk to them. Sure. And people get mad. Throw him off, ban him. You know, Why? Just like, because you have a difference of opinion? I I don't ban anybody. I exactly. have people that cuss me up. People that called me nigga. Keep. I mean, you name it. That's wild, bro. And, oh yeah, I I get called coon on the daily, man. Yeah. I get called coon and on the, the thing daily. for me, it's like I don't really care, right? Because my thing, I, I'm actually one of them dudes really trying to make a difference. Okay, You're I right, am man. actually on online making a difference, and I you know I I don't go around hating people and all of that. But yeah. you know when 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 uh, Ashish pointed me to your stuff and I today is the first day that I went and went through your video one at a time and I'm like sure good. <laughs> <laughs> thanks man you know even I, if you don't agree I appreciate that comment man no I don't agree but I mean still you're good at what you you're thanks, good man. at what you do you know so I mean and, uh, but see that's why and see here's the thing people like people like you. And I, I would actually think that you're similar. You, you remind me of uh, this guy on TikTok. His name is Papa Gut. I definitely respect him. Um, but um, people like you are are what are what we need when it comes to politics, man. Because you offer a platform and you offer look. If you have completely opposing beliefs as me, I want to be able to have a conversation. Because if you stay in your echo chamber and I stay in my echo chamber, we're not changing anyone's minds. We're really just solidifying people that have the same ideals as us, right? How are we ever going to like fix actual problems and come to solutions if we can't even have a discussion, right? So like I get that all the time too, man. 
People are like, um, even people on the political right, like some hardcore conservatives, some of my my followers, man, they're like, nah, get them off. They're they're talking about communist ideals, and I'm like, so what? Like how how are so if if we don't if we don't believe in communism, how are we going to convince them not to believe in communism if we won't even give them a chance to 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 talk with us, right? We're just shutting them down completely, right? So like, yeah, man, I totally respect what you're doing and giving people an actual platform. I have messaged on Facebook. Right. I have DM'd so many people that are on the political left. So I'm talking about it has to be upwards of like 40 or 50, like fairly, fairly large creators, some, somewhere around like your size, um, fairly large creators on Facebook. Like, look, hey, I don't agree with what you're saying, but I would love to come on and have a conversation. Like, would it be cool to do that? And people would either uh, say flat out, no, we, we don't want to uh, promote what you're talking about. You're a, a sexist, a homophobe. A what, I'm like, I'm trying to have a conversation. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be respectful. Like, let's have a conversation. But uh, I get shut down a lot, man. I get shut down a lot. Well, you don't get shut down at Politics and Right. It was my pleasure speaking to you, Tyler. We'll keep in touch. And I'm going to hit you up on that black issue. Hey, let me know. Let me you're know. You're crazy. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about it. We'll talk we'll about it. We'll talk about it, brother. Have Take a it good easy, one, man. man. Take care. Okay, that is one that you're going to see. Uh, the whole interview was a, it was pretty cool. I think I'll play it next week. But I'll have it in queue for those of you who are members of who come into our system, join. You guys going to get to see a lot of stuff before anybody else and some stuff that nobody else is going to see. You know, I have to make it worth your, worth your while. So please click that join button. Anyway, let's go ahead and talk to Patrick. Patrick is a good one here. Let's go for it. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. Today we're honored to have <laughs> Patrick Carlin. Is, he's a Catholic activist, writer, speaker, you know, real activists, folks. Uh, Patrick currently serves as the director of Catholic Outreach for Vote Common Good. And previously, he served as the executive director of the Franciscan Action Network and co-founded the Global Catholic Climate Movement. Patrick, welcome once again to Politics Done Right. We are here. We're happy to have you again. Thank you. It's, it's always great to be on with you. I love uh, having conversations with you and I love the work that you do. So thank you for doing what you do. Thank you so kindly. Mm -hmm. Now, you recently wrote an article that um, that really touched me. It's called mm -hmm. USA colon this election. The choice is simple hope or hatred. Before mm -hmm. we go into the content of that uh, that article, why exactly did you write that article? Well, I, you know, as a Catholic, uh, I've been thinking a lot about, I mean, I'm, you know, I've been a Biden supporter, <clears throat> excuse me, but I've been um, thinking a lot about and we've been doing a lot of work on how we can influence other Catholics um, to think about because, you know, as you know, if you've been following, there's been a number of bishops and priests who have come out and said that it's a mortal sin for Catholics to vote for Joe Biden. And so I really wanted to counter that argument um, with something I had written an article previously that said that why I as a Catholic was supporting Joe Biden because of his position on abortion, not in spite of his position. Um, so we're trying to reach out to, you know, there's still a small group, maybe 5% of Catholics, particularly white Catholics and white evangelicals as well, who are undecided. I mean, I think for the most part, the election is is decided, but they're still at 5%. And that 5%, I think, are going to determine who wins this election. It's in states like Pennsylvania, in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio. And so I wanted to write an article that can really get to the heart of it. 
This is about the, who we are as a, a people, a people of faith, who we are as a nation. It's about the soul of our nation. And it's about, do you support hope or do you support hatred and fear? And that's really, the choice is pretty crystal clear. Now you are all over the place. And so you see a lot, but there is a quote in the Bible that you use, Jeremiah 22, three, it says, do what is just and right. Rescue from the hand of the oppressor, the one who has been robbed. Do no wrong or violence to the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow. And do not shed innocent blood in this place. Now, as it turns out, uh, there is one issue on abortion that, uh, mm -hmm. that the Democratic Party as a tenant supports. And then there are all the things that Donald Trump has been doing in his name in the name of the country. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you weigh those given for those who are biblical, for those who are Catholics, for those who follow this word, how do you decide which one is the better candidate to have, which one is better for America? Well, I, you know, first of all, let me address the issue of abortion as a Catholic. Um, and I could be, you know, um, I could be opposed to abortion and support Joe Biden, because if I look at the data, you know, the abortion rate has gone down when Democrats have been in office. And the Republicans, I mean, their whole platform is on just, you know, uh, slogans, defund Planned Parenthood or overturn Roe versus Wade. That's what their whole platform is. They don't actually talk about what that means. And so if you're going to defund Planned Parenthood, there's two things that will happen if you do that. The first thing is a lot of women, poor women, will no longer have access to health care. Um, and so you're going to eliminate the health care for a lot of poor women. And the second thing is the abortion rate is going to go way up because Planned Parenthood supplies uh, most of the birth control or a lot of birth control to poor women. And if they. Introducing touch free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Can't get access to birth control. There's going to be a lot more pregnancies and a lot more pregnancies lead to a lot more abortions. And so the Republican platform really is not about ending abortion. It has nothing to do with ending abortion. It's about politicizing the issue and um, turning it into a us versus them issue. The Democrats, on the other hand, and people like Joe Biden and others, while they accept the Roe versus Wade is the rule of the land, um, would want to work to reduce the number of abortions. And what are the steps we can take? And the steps you can take to reduce the number of abortions is to provide health care. 
to provide uh, prenatal care, to provide good family leave policies, all of those types of things that the Democrats support. So on the issue of abortion, I think the Democrats are the stronger policy from my perspective. So that's a non-issue then. All the other issues, you know, you, you've seen the children at the border. I've been down to the border. Let, let me ask you to let me ask you to hold right there because yeah. I want to show you that you're uh, you are representing what you think the Catholic position is should really be. Now, yes. I want to show you that even even some evangelicals are starting to uh, get the point, get to your point. Uh, I don't know if you know who Billy Graham's granddaughter is. Yes. Her name is Jerusha Duford. I seen and the video. This is what she said. She yes. said. For me, pro-life does not just mean life inside the womb. Pro-life means different things as far as we uh, just talked about at the border, healthcare, poverty, homelessness. All of these things show that for me, if you are going to be pro-life, you've got to be pro-adoption and pro-foster care. I wish that the Republicans would value life outside the womb more. So I just don't think pro-life and anti-abortion pro-life are two different things. Absolutely correct. I, I've seen the video um, where she um, did that. Um, it's a great video. We're very happy at Vote Common Good. We helped um, sponsor that and get that out there. Um, but she's absolutely correct. And there are a lot more evangelicals who are starting to think that way. I mean, Vote Common Good is an organization made up of both Catholic and evangelicals. Mm -hmm. And that's the message we're trying to get there that, you know, if you want to end abortion, here's what you have to do. If you look at a country like Canada, or the Netherlands that has the most liberal abortion laws in the world, and they have an abortion rate way below what our abortion rate is. So there's a reason why that is. It's because they offer health care. They offer good family leave policies. They offer all of those things that you need to do so that women have good choices to make them. Right now, women don't really, poor women in particular, um, don't have other choices to make. And so we have to make sure that there's choices there. And, you know, and, you know, we talked before, my wife and I were foster parents. We've adopted several children. We took in several other children as foster parents. I have two brothers who have adopted. So we're a good Irish Catholic family that actually believes that abortion is not just about protecting the child in the womb, but protecting all children. And if you really believe that, then go out and take in some foster kids and start adopting children. Don't be standing in front of Planned Parenthood trying now, to stop women from getting health care. Now, making it a wider issue, you gave a very touching story about uh, your mother immigrating, immigrating mm -hmm. to the United States and, mm -hmm. and what she instilled in you about immigrants. And why don't you tell us? Because when I read that, mm -hmm. I'm like, your mother was a mother. She was. <laughs> she was an awesome person. Uh, she also had a great sense of humor. Um, that's where I picked that up from, I believe. Um, <laughs> so, but, but yeah, my mother and my father came from Ireland in 1950. They were immigrants from Ireland. Um, they had no money. They had no job skills um, and uh, no education. So, you know, today they would not have been allowed into this country. Came over. My mother's from Belfast. She's Catholic. It wasn't a good time to be a Catholic in Belfast when she was growing up and when she was living there. So they came to America with a dream and hope and hope that her children and her grandchildren could have a better life. And my mother, you know, she also what she did have was a strong faith 
you know, when I was growing up, we had two pictures on our wall. One was John Kennedy and one was Pope John the 23rd. That were the two main pictures on our wall. Um, and it was long after John uh, F. Kennedy died, we still had his picture up on the wall. Um, but she had that strong sense of Catholic or Catholic faith. And she also just had a strong sense of justice. She understood that, um, you know, she had been discriminated against when she grew up in Belfast. She didn't want to see other people treated the way she was treated, regardless of color. And she instilled that in each of us, each of her children. And let me say, she came to America. As I said, they had nothing. She said to me one day, I came with a dream. I asked her and she said, I came with a dream and a hope. And I was blessed that I got to see my dream come true. So you have to promise me that you're going to work to see that all these other mothers that are coming, because the mothers from El Salvador and Guatemala are no different than I was when I came in 1950. They have the same dream and the same hope. And so, and that that, was, that is what was touching that she could equate her situation with the situation of others trying to get here. And mm -hmm. this is completely anathema to the beliefs of the current president of the United oh, yes. States, number one. And, and, and number two, many people who have your experience as they become, uh, what's the word, Americanized, if mm -hmm. you will, they themselves now are some of the perpetrators of yes. the same type of evil their, their, their leader has them to, why don't you kind of give yeah, some perspective? And, that, and that's that. absolutely true. And it, you know, it, to me, it's just one of the things that, that, that uh, bothers me the most, particularly um, in Irish Catholic populations, um, is that, you know, when the Irish came over, they were discriminated against. Um, you know, there were signs up that said no Irish need to apply. And then they managed to, to overcome that and work their way up and, and become um, active American citizens. You think they would understand what other people were going through, what they went through, and then not do the same thing to other people. And that's what's happening now. And it's not just among the Irish Catholics, but it's among white people um, in general who, who forget where they came from. And, you know, and let me also say this whole argument that, well, and people say this to me, well, your parents came here legally. My parents came on a visitor's visa and they never left. So they may have came here legally, but they long stayed past their visitors. And visa. that is how most immigrants Absolutely. are here. They can't come on an on a immigrant, on a vacation visa or something, yeah, and something. then they stay. They but stay. additionally, uh, I, I think that the, in the, the country's initial sin, anyhow, by conquering a country that was already, a place that was already, not a yeah. country, but a, a lot of mini tribes yes. that were already there, uh, who dare, how dare you now uh, take some, uh, some position that you just have that inalienable right to be here and no one else? I think our genesis dictates that we are an open country that yes. makes it easy for others to come. I absolutely agree. We, we, you know, we were founded that way. Um, and, 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 you know, Dwight D. Eisenhower was a Republican. And he talked about the importance of immigration and how we are a nation of immigrants and we should be welcoming immigrants into this country. It is how we were founded. It is what, what made us great. Um, and now people want to pull back from that and they want to, uh, you know, close our borders. Um, that's not what we we're founded. And that's also goes far away from the teachings of Jesus. So it's not just the teachings, the value of our fathers who founded this country. And, and you know, as horrible as it was what they did, here, we are here today, so let's make the best of that. Let's go back and, and you know, 
admit our, our wrongs and go forward. But um, we can't just keep saying that, well, this is my country, America, love it or leave it. <laughs> makes know? no sense. Now, <laughs> the title of your, your piece, again, was the election, uh, the election, the choice is simple, hope or hatred. And what I love that you did in the piece is you expand that hope and hatred for real, but also love means loving the environment. Love means mm -hmm. all these issues, the Green New Deal, et cetera. Why don't you expand on some of those? Well, and, and you know, as you know, I worked for the Franciscans for many years and I'm part of the Franciscan family. And this all comes from, from the teachings of St. Francis of Assisi and, you know, and, and other Franciscan saints like St. Bonaventure and Don Scotus and those folks, where they taught that we're all part of creation. You know, it's this idea that as people of faith, we sometimes believe that we have to first be in right relationship with God. And we do that by praying, by going to church on Sunday and, and all this stuff. And then when we're in right relationship with God, we can work on being in right relationship with the rest of creation. What we should be doing is being in right relationship with all of creation. And then in doing so, we then become in right relationship with God. That is prescient. Please repeat that because I think people need to get that concept. Yeah. You can't, you, you, um, and before you repeat it though, you remember that part of the Bible that spoke about uh, Jesus going to the home three different times. And, you know, the people, when he came the last time or something, he says, well, you know, I was here several times. And, yes. you know, it just shows that to, to many, to many uh, people, religion is but the way the Pharisees carry it out. Well, absolutely. And it's, you know, um, we spend all of our time worshiping at the foot of the cross instead of taking up the cross. Right. So, you know, what I, what I had said, and I'll say it again, is we believe and most of Christianity believes this, that we have to be first in right relationship with God. And to be in right relationship with God, we have to go to church on Sundays. We have to, you know, obey the commandments. We have to hold our hands the right way when we pray. We have to, you know, maybe do some good things, bring some food in for the food pantry or stuff like that. And then once we're in right relationship with God, then we can think about being in right relationship with God's creation. And we have it backwards because we first have to be in right relationship with all of God's creation. We're part of God's creation. And then when we're in right relationship with God's creation, and that's a relationship of love. When we're in that right relationship, then we are in right relationship with God. It doesn't matter whether we go to church on Sunday or hold our hands any such way. If we're in right relationship with God's creation, we are then in right relationship with God. And that's the hope going forward. You know, and, and that is what I found now. And what, what, what are the things that you consider being in good relationship with nature? You explained that quite a bit. Green New Deal, you, you talk about the concepts of the Green New Deal. You talk of the, about the concepts of these other things, good air, good water, good jobs. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, you know, being in right relationship with all of God's creation is just simply um, being part of creation. We are part of creation. We are one with creation. We have this, this theology that puts us, um, you know, we believe we're better than everything else when in fact, and that's not Franciscan. You know, there's, uh, there's stories of how St. Francis of Assisi used to go out and preach the gospel to the birds or to the trees. And people would say to him, why are you doing that? And he said, God told me to preach the gospel to my brothers and sisters, and these are my brothers and sisters. So Francis believed that all of creation was one and that they were, we were all brothers and sisters. 
And so that's what being in right relationship is, is looking at creation as we are part of it. We're all one with it. We're connected. It's the interconnectedness of everything. And that we are with God co-creators for, for creation. You know, we have this theology that everything was static. You know, God created the earth and then that was it. God's still resting. And that, you know, Jesus came and then that was it. You know, the transformation happened, the incarnation happened, and then that was it. And, you know, we're still, as Christians, we're waiting for Jesus to come again, even though if you read the gospel, Jesus said, I will always be with you. I will never leave you. Um, and so it's like, and I tell people this, I don't know if you remember, it was an old labor song. Joe Hill wrote it, 1912. And, it, and Pete Seeger later recorded it. And the first verse of it goes, I think it is, you will eat by and by in that great land in the sky. Live and pray, now eat and pray, live on hay, on hay, and you'll have pie in the sky when you die. Ooh. When, when Pete Seeger wrote it, he added a line uh, after that each verse that said, that's a lie. Um, but that's our theology, that we do what we, everything we do here so we can go have pie in the sky at some point in time. And if I am good here, if I help people here, it's only, it's okay as long as, only insofar as it helps me get to heaven. And that's, you know. That is actually the wrong reason, right? Oh, it absolutely is the wrong reason. We should be here. I mean, Jesus came to create heaven, not to have us go to heaven. Right. So we, and, and if you, you know, if we think of a new creation here, what would that look like? And how could we build that together? And that's what the hope is, as opposed to living in a world where we're all separate and, and we're all here just so we can go someplace else. I'm here so, you know, someday I can get to heaven. Uh, no, you know, I, I, I just always think if, if more people would be, if more, more in, the, in the evangelical movement and more in the Christian movement or all religious movements would really live by the tenets that, that, they, that they go by, their humanity, uh, it, it, the, the types of Trumps that we have around the world, Bolsonaro and all these other guys, uh, they're, they're, they would be empty words. I mean, already we show, and you have shown, I mean, you even came out and pointed out when you're talking about the environment, hey, look, Trump promised you guys all these things. And even the, the promises that he made that you're voting for him for those particular matters, he's not delivering to you. And I like the way you ended the, um, the, the, the piece with a quote where you says, shouldn't we vote for the candidate who mm -hmm. understands the crisis we are in and is open to listening to visionary prophetic ideas, whether he fully agrees with them or not. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's one of the things I liked about Joe Biden. Um, and I know you and I have had this discussion in the past because I know you were a Bernie supporter. Mm -hmm. And, and I, was a, I was actually initially an Elizabeth Warren supporter. Um, but but I liked about Joe Biden is that he's willing to admit that he's made mistakes. You know, he's not locked into, I, this is how we do it. He's willing to be open and listen to people. I, you know, I can't wait to see what his cabinet looks like because he's going to bring all kinds of interesting and fascinating people, not people who just agree with him and not people who are just going to do what he wants them to do. He's going to bring people in with all new ideas, new visions. And from that, we're going to be able to build something new then, a new nation. 
I, I, I think so also. Now, a lot of people on my side, the progressive, the very, the, the very, very progressive side. And, you know, uh, I think I, I think we've gone through the tenets of your your um, article, which I think is great. I'm going to post process or rather I'm going to link it to your blog as well. But I, I want to touch on on something else. I, I think that um, as as we go forward, you know, there are a lot of people that are coming together to get Donald Trump out. And on the progressive side, I hear a lot of people saying things like, well, hell, now that uh, we have Republicans coming in to help out or whatever, you know, what are they going to get? To which I started, you know, I'm a very progressive guy. But I'm also saying, yeah, they got to be around the table to those guys that have helped (laughs) do this. They've got to be around the table as well. Your thoughts? I absolutely agree with you. You know, this is not a either or. It's a right. both end, and we right. have to be open to listen. I mean, I have some ideas. You have ideas. They may we may differ on our ideas, but but you know we could come together and we could reach some kind of a middle ground on those ideas. And as long as we're these are our basic principles that we're looking at, there are a lot of ways to get there. Right. And there's also it's it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be a journey to right. get there. You know, that's one thing that the Republicans understood years ago, that they weren't going to win overnight. They were going to spend the time to do the work and to build so that they can, you know, win, which they did. We, the progressive, got frustrated when we don't win. And so then we just back away and get upset, you know, and angry because we didn't win. We didn't get our way. We're just not going to support anything anymore. They have been so disciplined and the thing yeah, about absolutely. it is even as they were they've always been a minority party even yes. if that's the case the one thing they knew how to do is well i i well i'll just come out and say that they knew how to twist the truth very well oh, yeah yeah or, or I, you could come out and say they knew how to lie they knew how to lie <laughs> yeah, right yeah, absolutely and in, in, and in doing so i think they did a disservice to the country i think yeah. uh, they've materially modified the the, the psyche of too many that we are going to have to uh, spend several years because of our past neglect to deprogram. Well, and, and I think it, and part of that is we're going to have to listen. Right. Listen. We can't just go in and talk. We have to be right. listening. There's, you know, another group that I'm doing some work with is this group called the New Moral Majority. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting group. It's mostly more mainline Protestant. And they reached out to me because I'm Catholic and they needed a Catholic. So everybody calls me up and says, oh, we need a Catholic. <laughs> so you are, the, you are the token Catholic. I'm the token Catholic. I tell people, <laughs> you know, there are a lot more. You could go out, you could expand your horizons a little bit and reach out to other Catholics. Right. But anyways, they've came up with this, this new program uh, and they're going to keep doing it after the election. And it's called um, Operation Family Meeting. And they developed a whole discussion guide on how to talk to family members who are Trump supporters. Nice. And it's really good. It's an interesting, um, I'll send you the, the link to it and I'll- Excellent, I'll know, promote I, it. Yeah, and if at some point you want somebody on from that, that put this together, I'm happy to set that up for you. But um, it's this whole idea of how do we talk to each other? We forgot how to listen to each other. You know, I wrote a piece a couple of years ago. It was about the second year of the Trump administration, and it was entitled um, "I'm Right, You're Evil." And we you know we used to have this idea that we could have this discussion. You know, I'm okay, you're okay. We may disagree, but we can we can agree to disagree. But now it's if you don't see things my way, you're evil. You're wrong. Right. And right. you know, we got to get away from that and start to move toward how do we all come together and and 
you know, work with each other, listen to each other, and then come up with a strategy that can work. And well, that comes to, you know, from the top to the bottom. Well, Patrick, we're at the end of this interview. So okay. why don't you tell me something that you wish I had asked you that I didn't? Uh, you know, I wish you had asked me um, uh, what I'm going to be doing over the next two years. Um, well, tell, we me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Well, uh, you know, p part of it is we talked earlier about um, the Republicans and how, how disciplined they were. So every couple of years when there's an election cycle, about three months before the election, the Democratic Party figures out we need to reach out to Catholics. How do we reach out to Catholics? And then they start scrambling around and trying to organize Catholics. So there's a group of us that have decided that after this election, win, lose, or draw, we're going to stay together and we're going to start organizing Catholics so that in 2022 and in 2024, we're as organized as the right-wing Catholics and the right-wing evangelicals are. So that's what my next steps are. I, you just made my day. And what it, when, when you guys are organized and when you have any issues to put out there, please contact oh, me because I think we, that is something that is long overdue. So thank mm -hmm. you for being a part of that movement mm -hmm. and because I, I, that will make a difference. Patrick Carolan, Catholic activist and director of mm -hmm. Catholic Outreach for Vote Common Good. Thank you so kindly for having Thank me. Thank you. It's always tonight. a joy and a pleasure to be with you. And, and be safe. Hopefully someday we'll be able to do it in person. But uh, until then, I'm happy to talk to you. Thank you so kindly, my friend. Thank you. Hope you like that. Okay, real quickly, Bridge MCP. Thank you for getting that, um, that mask. Thank you so kindly. Uh, Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Michael Rudman, welcome aboard. Tank28, welcome aboard. Janet Duffy Graver, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see who I'm... Uh, let's see. Norman Reynolds, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Paul Fleming, welcome aboard. Some of these I'm doing because I saw you pass through as I'm scrolling. Uh, let's see, who else do I need to reach here? Let's see, let's see. Bear with me, bear with me, bear with me. I'm coming up, coming up, coming up. Deborah John, welcome aboard. Uh, look at those messages later. You had a long one, Deborah. Uh, 45 lies, welcome aboard. And yes, he lies like you know what. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. The duck that quacks, welcome aboard. Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome aboard. Okay, Daniel Ledeau, welcome aboard. All right, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. If I miss you, throw it to the bottom and I'll do one pass to the bottom before I leave. Okay, I think I think I got most people. Uh, Paul Fleming, I think I got you. Okay, and I think that's about it. Folks, thank you so kindly for being here. I know you have the ability to go anywhere and that you spend some time with me. I am most, uh, I am most honored to have you here. So, folks, uh, you have a wonderful day. My name is Egberto Willis, and you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.
I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. I have an urgent message. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities have increased in D.C., and I need your help to reverse this troubling trend. Did you know that using a seatbelt can drastically reduce the risk of death or serious injury to you or a loved one? Seatbelts save lives, and together we can accomplish a safer community. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Always wear your seatbelt. Click it or tick it. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.